on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. There are just some things that you're not going to be qualified to do. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or, or you're Trevor Sumner. You know, there's going to be things that somebody else is going to do better. And if you're willing to bring somebody on and partner with them and, you know, navigate some of the friction that will come with that, yeah, you're going to be better off for it. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Trevor Sumner here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? We're here, hey, finally. Chaz, we made it. Doing well. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. The listener doesn't know we weren't having technical difficulties. I was projecting my technical difficulties on you somehow. Yeah. Uh, we got to figure it out and we're here now. <laughs> freaking out but we made it we did what kind of business do you have my man i own a solar energy business based in the midwest so we do residential and commercial solar panel installations across four states love it what are the four states where are you at illinois minnesota wisconsin and iowa and then we do a little bit of business in florida because we yeah we're always looking for an excuse to expensive expensive flight down there in the wintertime so a hundred percent i had the same people ask me the same type of mindset when I bought my uh, edible arrangements location in Pensacola, people are like, why, why Florida? My answer, why not Florida? Come Mm -hmm. on. It is Um, the sunshine state. It is, especially here in the Midwest when we only get nice weather, a couple, really couple months, but your neighbors to, to me here in the Kansas city area. So I'm excited to have you on before we jump into your story. I want to know what makes you tick, man. Like you're building a business. You've been uber successful already, but you're still like going after it, showing up for podcasts, kind of fun stuff, building relationships. Why? I just, I like to stay busy and I like to see what's out there, what's new. So that's a solar energy is fairly new in terms of a product or service, right? So yeah. what we try to do is we try to take that from a culture standpoint at SunBadger. So we're always looking at new technologies, new relationships. We're pretty big on adopting, especially things like Slack. Slack is an awesome technology that we've got at the company. Yeah, I'm always just looking for ways to make the business better and faster and also more fun. We got a lot, we had a lot of fun here. I can appreciate having fun in business. Not everybody, not everybody thinks fun and business go together. Crazy guys like you and I do. Yeah. What's the bigger picture for you? What's, is there like a life mission attached to solar or maybe business building? What's Trevor really about? I like to say we're trying to figure out a way to save the environment and get rich at the same time. Is that possible? Are those two sides of the track? It is not. It is definitely possible. And there are a whole bunch of people doing it right now. So yeah, so that's, that's what we're working on. I would say big picture stuff. I love the outdoors, so I really love the idea of owning a business that is trying to help the environment, right? And creating a better place for my son. I got a four-year-old, so there's a lot of passion in my work there. I want him to be able to grow up in a world that he can go and hike in a forest and swim in a lake and enjoy the outdoors like I did and my dad did and my grandpa did. 
That's cool, man. Outdoorsmen, fishermen, hunters, anything like that, or just hikers? Yep. What? Tell all me those people. I'm from Wisconsin, so all of the above. Yeah, and we drink beer, um, right? Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm a big. I'm really big on exercise. Okay. In, in in my professional life too, just in in terms of staying healthy mentally and physically. Yeah. yeah, I tend to end my end my work day on my bicycle and I try to get in maybe 20 or 30 miles. The trick is to buy a really nice set of headphones like AirPods and you can actually do conference calls sometimes on your bicycle and nobody is the wiser. Interesting. I might have to I might have to try that. You think I could pull off a podcast on the bike? A podcast might be tough, but you could definitely do a conference call especially if you just mute most of the time. Right. Just, that's right. I, I wonder I got one of those answer. Yeah, I've got one of those like indoor where you can take your bike and yeah, bring so it inside yeah. and, and do the deal. I wonder if I just, I could just set it over in the corner and video, I can still do the pod. You can do that. Yeah. It might, I might be a little out of breath, but that's all right. I love, for me, the empty space that mm -hmm. the road allows. So I love where you're going with that. Okay, so you're, you're pretty purposeful. You're doing this thing for some bigger stuff. How did you get started? Was this the first business? Did you get started another business beforehand? Give us your this history is, a little bit. Yeah, this is the first business that that I founded with my business partner. I got a job in solar energy from okay. from my business partner. He was my boss at a previous company. So, okay. Yeah, we had a good relationship and we were pretty successful at that other firm. And we saw the opportunity in the industry and got some money together. And he and I became business partners. Now I don't have to listen to him anymore. Not my boss. That's right. I can collaborate now with him instead right. of just taking directions from him. No, he's, yeah, he's a great guy. And he, he had been in the industry for a number of years before that. Got and it. then I got lucky. I married his sister. So now he's my brother-in-law as well. Yeah. Now you guys are, you're really. Now we're in it. You're in yeah. it. Tell me from an angle of like mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, did, was that something that you already or always had beforehand? And then just finally illuminated itself or did you, have you established this over time? I would say the opportunity kind of just presented itself and I ran with it and I was really successful. And I, yeah, I think that's for anybody listening, right? Just looking for those opportunities and taking a chance. When we started the company, my wife was pregnant with my son and it was just he and I and maybe two other employees and I was on the road and he was back behind the scenes working on the website. And then from there, we just added people I just used the talents that I had and I learned and made a lot of mistakes and learned some more. I don't have any formal training. I don't have an MBA of dropout, right? College dropout entrepreneur. So there was a big learning curve for me, but I think that brought a lot to the table because I had ideas that were outside of the box and I was willing to make some gambles and take some risks because I pretty much, I had nothing to lose. Why in that moment, do you think that you were maybe prompted or maybe you were prepped for that type of entrepreneur, like that jump, that opportunity that you're talking about, if rather than maybe looking for another job, just at another company or building with someone else, but you, you saw the opportunity to do it yourself, what was unique about this opportunity? I had been successful selling solar energy for a different company and I found it to be pretty easy. And so the opportunity presented itself for me to do it myself and I figured I would be pretty successful at it. And, yeah. and that was really it. It was something I was already good at. It was something that I really enjoyed doing and I was yeah. passionate about. And I just figured, well, why not just try to do this on my own and, and form this company? And then the way that a company organically grows, it's just incredible, right? You start with four or five employees and then 
you hire a couple here or there. And then before you know it, it's Sun Badger, at least I got 116 employees across four states and we would never have anticipated being in that place. You wouldn't, I, we didn't start the company thinking, Hey, we're going to be at $45 million in four years. We started yeah. the company thinking, Hey, we could probably do this on our own. Maybe we'll make a decent living and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I love the simplicity of where it's come from. Like you just said, like we just, just got started. It just made sense. I was already good at it. And it's obviously trickled into this very successful thing, as you're saying. So I want to dive into some of that. I want you to go back in time, though, to maybe year one or two. I want you to identify a good decision that you made that you can share with the listener that has ultimately led to a bunch of your success. Best decision I made was coming to terms with the fact that I am not going to be the best at everything the business needs. Okay. And we're just realizing that right away, like realizing yeah. that maybe I'm not the best person to manage the finances of the company. There are probably people who have a lot more experience than I do. Yeah. So I'm talking really about recognizing your strengths and weaknesses as a, as an entrepreneur or a business leader. And yeah. then my, one of my favorite words is delegate, just delegate, find the right people and start carving out like that organizational structure at the company. And there's some surrender that comes with that, right? You start a small business and you got a lot of control and you got to be willing to give up that control bit by bit. Yeah. But it is the, probably the most important way to grow a small business into something larger is to start delegating and relinquishing. Yeah. Was there a moment? Was there a spot for you where you got frustrated and finally gave it up? Or was that a talk from your ex-boss that said, dude, you got to let go of the reins? Like, how did you come to that conclusion or was it over time? Uh, the, I got sick of paying bills, physically paying them. The task. And that, yeah, the task of paying them and trying to, trying to come up with a way of logging that. And I guess that was just one event in many that, that taught right. me that lesson, but it was just like, I don't like doing this. I'm not very good at doing this. He's going to be better at it. And let's get that person in here so I can do the things that I'm good at yeah. uh, and then focus on those. Yeah, that, that moment that you just described, I think every entrepreneur listening right now has felt that. Now, whether they've taken action like you have to go find the person and get them in place is like step two in that. Yep. But that feeling that you described of whether it's the accounting process or whether it's managing salespeople or doing sales or doing the fulfillment, whatever it is, we have those moments where we're like, dang, ugh. <laughs> it feels like you're like walking through quicksand a little bit. And, and so the answer for you that you're sharing with the listener right now, just make sure I'm clear. If you don't like it, if maybe you're not so great at it, it's probably a pretty good indicator that there's somebody that you could find and hire and delegate. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. If you're waking up and you're staring down a task that you're dreading or you're putting it off and you're in a position to get somebody else to do that for you and do it better, what, I don't, what would be the argument not to delegate that task. Yeah. So simple. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'm going to, I'm going to flip this on its head here for a second, because I want you to share your opinion on this. I think a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves capable, right? Maybe they don't love doing the, you know, logging of the expense and paying the bills. I'm good at it. It's fine. It's not, but they don't have that, oh, I'm dreading it or staring mm -hmm. it. They have this overall arching, I'm overwhelmed. I got too much. They would probably agree to that, but they don't know how to necessarily say, this task right here, I'm like staring it down. And I'm really like procrastinating. So let me delegate that. Just they have this overall feeling of frustration. I'm overwhelmed. I'm wearing too many hats. Mm -hmm. Just say to that person, because you just made it sound so simple. Identify the task, hire somebody, move on. What would you say yeah. to that person? 
Yeah, in terms of what overcoming the obstacle that or yeah, yeah, maybe they haven't identified I, the, the actual task or, or motions because they're pretty good at maybe most things. Oh, sure, I see. Yeah, for me, it was rec- again recognizing what I was really good at and and the value that would bring, and then lining it up in some sort of just quick calculation with the other task that it, that we're talking about. Yep. Okay, I could log these expenses and I could probably do that every day. I'm capable of it. I don't necessarily yep. enjoy it. Or I could go out and I could sell a commercial solar array and that would generate $150,000 in revenue. And I'd be much happier and better at that. That's a quick formula there, right? So now I'm getting rid and now I'm delegating that expense logging and I'm focusing on something that's going to be generating revenue for the company, moving the company forward, something that I'm good at and something that I like doing. Yeah. Yeah. The point there that you made so beautifully and so almost easy that it just rolls right out of you is that you identified the things that you were the best at. It, yeah, you're capable of the entry, the logging, the data, whatever. Or in some people, they might say, I'm capable of doing that sale. But really, the back-end systems I'm really good at, or I heighten myself um, yep. uh, from that. And so maybe I need to delegate the sales process or wh- whatever yeah. the, the task is. But that I, And that idea that that is top down at least at our organization, right? From a culture standpoint, if you're doing something and yeah, you can get through it and you can do it, but you're not passionate about it. Or if you're better at something else, then we encourage at SunBadger, our hundred plus employees, we encourage them to find out what that is and, and let their managers know, hey, here's the role I'm doing. I like it. I'm not great at it. Particularly, I could be doing this better or just moving through the organization. So we try to create that type of that type of openness and dialogue with our employees. Yeah, 100 percent. I love it. Okay, let's flip the script. What bad decision have you made, especially early on that uh, you can steer us clear or steer the listener clear? I bought TV advertising in our (laughs) first year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Tell us more. I mean, yeah, that was that. If you're talking about a particular decision. Yeah, but TV advertising, big TV package, and didn't even have the didn't even have the process or the pipeline set up to to really track and and figure out how much value or what the customer acquisition cost was on that piece of advertising. So yeah, just oh, took a big old stab. Just let's see just what happens. It, it. Yeah, and they got me because they're like, hey, you and your business partner can be on the commercial, and it's going to be broadcast across all these channels. And yep. at first, I had my friends and family texting, "Just saw you on TV! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you!" And then I looked, and that was like a tenth of the operating account just to do that commercial. I was like, oh, sh- that was yeah. a bad call. Yeah, Not so good. I would say, yeah, I would say, yeah, spend your dollars wisely early on and, and look at your budget and say, hey, is this some, is this a nice to have or a need to have? Am I, buy, am I spending this money because it's gonna, it's in the right interest of the business or am I stroking my ego with this purchase? Yeah, yeah. what I didn't hear you say is to not spend money. What oh, I heard no, you say spend was, money. was yeah. to be careful, okay? So yeah. Give us, give us some more thought there. Give us some mindset there because you obviously got to spend money, make money, especially on marketing. It seems like you were in the right vein. You were trying to get new customers. Yeah, yeah. But and what we, but what we hadn't figured out at that point was our best customers come from an entirely different area of marketing, right? Not TV advertising on a regular Fox 6 channel or something like that, right? They're coming right. from digital ads and whatnot. But it took a little while for us to figure that out. Yeah, you've got to spend money. One of the things that we're, I'm really big on especially when you're in a high growth company or high growth industry is hiring before you're desperate for a person in that role. So uh, you know, if I need a certain employee 
and I think I need them 45 days from now, I generally try to hire them early every time because the last thing you want to do is be behind the ball on a crucial hire or even just a hire that you need to keep the wheels moving. People need to put two weeks in. People need to go over their job offers. They, they're going to negotiate. Some people don't even show up for their interviews or their first days. You know that, right? You could yeah. interview a person twice, make them an offer. They, they negotiate with you and then they finally accept it. And then their day, first day of work comes and they just don't show up. Yeah. One of the things that we benefited from was hiring ahead of time and, and putting the pieces in place to be successful on that end, on the personnel end. That's a great, great piece of advice. I would highly agree with that. The mindset that's on the other end of that though, is you know, the, the reason why they wait so long is because they were trying to get by without that person to begin with yep. because they, they didn't either want to pay or maybe cash flow. They didn't well. wanna, yeah. Or they didn't want to delegate. Or they didn't want to delegate that I'm capable. They're like, well, I'll just keep doing that. I'll save that. I'll save that $55,000 a year salary and I'll just keep doing this. Yeah. yeah and and I, hey, cash flow holds, can hold everybody back. So I guess it would depend on the business and where it sits from a right. capital standpoint to, to make the best decision. But I, yeah, I always generally err on the side of hiring earlier than later. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. I love the mindset there. Tell me about a process, or maybe it's a discipline now. So fast forward to today's world. How do you make decisions now in the business, in your life, that type of a thing? Decision-making at Sun Badger, at least, is now done on the executive level. So we've got, I've got two primary business partners. And so the three of us make the, make the majority of the large decisions. But we also, the three of us, each work in a different sphere of the company, which means sure. that a lot of times we're streamlined. We're, we're going through our own projects and, and working on things off to the side. But then large decisions we collaborate on. And then, yeah. But then, you know. Because we've got over a hundred employees, we obviously give authority to people below us on the organizational chart to make decisions without even asking us. So yeah, I, I, looking more like a corporate kind of structure as time goes on, as the company grows. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, I, I just tried to operate on, okay, what is this going to do for the business in the long term, in the short term? Is this in the best interest of the business? And I learned my lesson after that TV commercial. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I also, so re I also reread my emails generally before I hit send. I know that uh, seems like a really. It's so good. Oh, it's man. so good. It's really valuable. Yeah. Reread your email before you hit send and not necessarily grammar. I don't really care about. I'm actually yeah, no. really bad about grammar. And, uh, and I also don't waste a lot of time with, hey, Chaz, comma, new paragraph. It was great speaking with you yesterday. I'm just following up on the no, my emails generally consist of three or four lines with no intro and no outro because I write over 150 emails a day. 
And if I, if I add five or six fluff sentences to each one, I'm out probably 30 or 45 minutes. Yeah. But I do reread them before I send them to make sure that the message that I'm trying to get across is there. I also, when, if I'm, I don't want to say under the gun, but let's say something's got to get done quick, or maybe there's a fire that's burning. Yeah. I still take my time and think about the decision and even run it past another person because there's very few decisions. There's very few fires that are going to burn your company or what you've built in the next 30 minutes, right? Like it can probably burn a little longer. So take your time, ping somebody if you've got a mentor or a partner and and figure out the best solution. Try to be proactive. Don't yeah. be reactive. Yeah, I love that. In, in the midst of all that, you're, you're saying that quick decision-making is a positive skill set. Yep. But you're also calculating. It's not just feeling decides, although some, some decisions go like that, Yep. especially on some of those bigger things you're saying, Hey, it's okay to pause. I was just talking to a guy, I think yesterday the day before about this idea of this emergency and he had gone on a five week RV trip and first big major, you know, step away from his business, a little bit of a stress test and the sure. team did great and that was fine. But he had this realization that if I have cell phone service or not, there's not really a whole lot I could do for him anyway, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next week, we'll take care of it. It's no big deal. And then what that does in that moment, what you're saying, even if it's just for that moment to let it burn just a few more minutes or another day, is it yep. gives you freedom. It gives you poise to be able to process properly, whether it's an actual issue, if you're traveling and away with your family or a decision that's on an everyday basis. Yeah. And I mean, Either. it, it, oh, it helps keep things in perspective too, right? right. Is it really a fire? Is this... And early on when we started the company, right, every negative Google review was a fire. And we learned very quickly that uh, that was not good for anybody. Being reactive and there's a one-star review, Go call that customer up, figure out what happened and how do we get that taken down or what do we call a bunch of other customers and get them to bury that review. And that was the way that we reacted to that five sure. years ago. And just learning, hey, you're not going to be able to please everyone. That's not a fire anymore. That's a cost of doing business. Yeah, understand. And I think. To your point, it's, I guess there's other people who in our organizations sometimes that feel like it's a fire and they're going to bring it to the table like it's a fire. <laughs> yep. But and for a small us. business and for a small business owner. Sure. I get that. My wife owns a wedding coordinating company, oh, okay. fancy events in Milwaukee and Chicago. And it's, and she's a owner operator, sole proprietor. And so for her, very small business, still very passionate about reviews. And so she would consider that a fire. Yeah. where they're at right now in their business life, their evolution. But right, we, Sun Badger has obviously grown to know that's right. not a huge priority. Also, having partners is big. I've benefited from the fact that I've had some amazing, talented and hardworking people that were with me from the very beginning to lean on. I know it's a lot harder to grow and scale your business when you're doing it by yourself too. So anybody out there who is struggling, right, they might want to look for a plus one. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because you don't really hear a bunch of people talking about that. In fact, usually what you hear the talk is stay away from partnership, stay away from family, stay away from that. But I can, I can't tell you how for sure seven figure, but a lot of eight figure and a lot of even nine figure guys, they're like, yeah, it's all I do is joint ventures or all I do is yep. partnerships or we roll up stuff together and then we sell it or whatever. It's yep. a collaboration is a whole nother level of mindset. Yeah, there's, yeah, people are powerful together, right? And I'm big on, on partnerships and leveraging other people's experience and knowledge in areas that I don't have it. And we spoke at length earlier about 
there are just some things that you're not going to be qualified to do. It don't, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or, or you're Trevor Summer, you know, there's going to be things that you're, that somebody else is going to do better. And if you're willing to bring somebody on and, and partner with them and, you know, navigate some of the friction that will come with that. Yeah. They're going to be better off for it. Yep. hundred percent. I love it. All right. I want to come at you a little different angle here with the speed round questions. Okay. I want you to take your entire business, this lightning, the lightning round. Okay. The lightning Perhaps. round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The speed round. I want you to take this entire business. I want you to dwindle it down for me to okay. one trackable metric. If you can only pick one to track forever and ever, what would it be? One trackable metric. I would say enthusiasm. Ooh. Okay. It's metric. And it's not really right. trackable from a numbers standpoint, right? It's an yeah. intangible, but yeah, enthusiasm for us is probably the number one. That would be enthusiasm about the industry in general. It would be enthusiasm from our customers, which right now in the solar industry is at the top. I Everybody's know. excited about solar. Excitement and enthusiasm makes everything so much easier, so much more fun. You come to work, totally. you're happy to be at work. Enthusiasm in our employees. So yeah, my metric is enthusiasm. And a lot of what I do too is I travel around to our different offices and I try to, I try to gauge the enthusiasm or the positivity there by interacting with the staff, listening to the conversations that they're having. If people are complaining about their job, then I'm doing something wrong as president, right? If people are pumped about what they're doing and they're laughing and they're joking around and things like that, that's a huge indicator to me yeah. that I'm doing something right. Yeah. I love that. Love how it trickles down into all areas, client, team, even you, you, your family, like all that yep. trickles into the personal life as well, I would assume, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm enthusiastic. And like I said, I got a wife that's an entrepreneur too. So that's an interesting dynamic. We stopped giving each other business advice about four years ago. Uh, so that's off the table. That, 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 topic. And that's okay. Anymore. That's okay. It's you, totally okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Learn my lesson on that one. Yeah. I think that there, my wife doesn't have a business, but I still unfortunately make the mistake of meddling in certain lanes that she owns. Mm -hmm. Clearly she owns this lane of our life. Yeah. And, and I just need to remember not to. Delegate. <laughs> I suppose yeah. it's not a delegating when you're married. It's more a, the, the surrender it's a, aspect. It's a, is, a surrender partnership. Yeah. yeah those yep. are maybe some better, better words. I want to know a book that you'd recommend specifically for a six figure business owner who's listening today. They're not at 45 million. They're trying to scale. They're trying to figure it out. Man, you're going to, you're going to get me here because I just do, I do not read. What do you books. listen? You got podcasts. Yeah. What, what do you suggest? Yeah, I guess for me, less, less about media like books or podcasts and more about mental and physical well-being. I, I, if yes. I can go that route with it. Please. Yeah, for me, that's huge in my professional life is, is keeping myself healthy in my mind and my body. So that means obviously exercise and diet is big. We try to practice some meditation at our home in the mornings and in the evenings. Really disconnecting from work. Can't speak highly enough about that practice. Having a hard stop. And again, being a dual business owner household, it was really easy for us to just work all the time. And yeah. what I found is when you're grinding like that all the time, what you're producing is actually not as good as it is when you take some time to disconnect every day and you come back fresh. So those would be the, those would be the practices that I would preach. Love that. What's your thought on networking or even masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Yeah. Great idea. The more people you can talk to, the better. I'm, I love LinkedIn. Most of the time, people are just trying to sell me leads and shit like that and whatever that happens. But every once in a while, there's a good nugget. There's a good connection on there. I take meetings 
all the time with, with people that, that hit me up on LinkedIn or other platforms like that, just to hear what they have to say, to hear what they've got going on. Sure. Definitely networking within your own industry is important, but also connecting with people in other verticals and looking for opportunities there, or, Hey, if this is working for a enterprise software company, Hey, right. maybe there's something that can, I can apply to my business. Yeah. Yep. That's huge. Okay. I've got an operational question for you. If you only had one hour each week to work on your business, what would you do in that one hour to successfully run the business like you do now? I would find within that hour, the best and most efficient way to make my staff. If I had one hour, yep. If I had one hour, because again, happy employees and happy are going to, are going to run a better company. Yeah, that's right. All right. I got my last question here for you, Trevor. You ready? Yep. If you lost it all, what would you do? I would start over again. Just like that? Just that, man. Start over. Yep. If, if I lost it all, I'd start another company. If that was what I wanted to do. Uh, and I love doing it. I, I love running a company and growing a company. So yeah, I would, and I would try to learn from my mistakes, what made me lose it before, but. I like how you I said try. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're, we got to go to the school of hard knocks. That's right. Make, we got to make a, I've made the same mistake a number of times. And I'd say, this is the last time. Not going to do that again. And maybe the oper- the scenario comes up again and maybe I don't remember, or maybe I talk myself into that, trying that solution again. And yep. Yeah. It happens to all of us actually. And we kick ourselves, but I think eventually, like you said, we try to be intentional about yep. paying attention to those mistakes and being able to correct the future. Okay. You've been incredible. We've just, I can, I now understand from a verbal perspective, how your emails go every week because mm. man, we've just been boom right through the show. I love it. Knocking um, them out hard hitting content for sure. How can the listener connect with you? Is LinkedIn the best way? You got yeah. to suggest that. Yeah, reach out? Trevor Sumner on LinkedIn, connect with me there. We've got our website, sunbadger.com. If, you, if you're in the Midwest and you want to learn about solar energy, if you want if you want to just talk business or network, then yeah, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. I'm pretty responsive on there to uh, connection requests and I respond to direct messages every day. That's great. You've been sensational here today. Thank so you thank for you. having me. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, funny story on some of the other examples that you've gotten a hold of people or maybe not real people, but I'm glad that you know that I'm real now. You're real. Yeah. I'm real. And I'm happy to be on Gathering the Kings podcast. That's awesome. Trevor, you've been uh, incredible again. Blessings to you, your family, your businesses. Thank you. And, and I'll let you get your hand to Thank you for being here. Great. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com 
want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.